Is everybody ready? Let's get rolling. This is The Big Show on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. The Big Show, 97.5, 1280 The Zone, hanging out in the shuttle at Diamond Airport, parking just off I-80 and Redwood Road. We're here. We've got jazz gear, and it's getting a little dark. <laughs> By the end of the show, I'm not going to be able to see you. I know. It's getting a, a, little, a little dark. But, you know, we still have time. You still have time to come by and grab some shirts. Should we turn the shuttle on and, you know, blow we a little could. heat in here? We could do that. <laughs> Uh, all right, real quick, uh, some breaking uh, sports news, and we'll get Bowler's thoughts on this uh, when we get him on the line, talk some jazz with him as well. But college football playoff rankings are out. Utah remains at number seven. Yes. Oregon now in at uh, number six, and they're current really, currently releasing the top five, but I would imagine it's Alabama, Georgia, Clemson, Ohio State, LSU. Yes, and if that's the way it plays out, then – if Utah beats Oregon in the Pac-12 championship game, but Alabama beats Auburn, well, who beat Oregon? Auburn. So does that mean Alabama's staying in front so the Utes have no real shot? Utah would have to just spank Oregon because the one advantage they'd have is Alabama wouldn't play on that weekend. So that would be your chance to to shine while Alabama was doing nothing, but maybe that's a long shot. Yeah. All right. Let's uh, let's get Bowler's thoughts on this. Actually, let's jump out of the Sprint special guest line, lease any handset, and get an iPad for ninety nine ninety nine. Visit the Sprint store nearest you. In fact, a, a fine listener has just come by, and Gordon, and is uh, is shining his his flashlight <laughs> into the shuttle. Thank you. We, we Thank need, you very much. We, we need a little light in here. We yeah, appreciate you. it. <laughs> All right. Joining us now, he of course is the television voice of the Utah Jazz. He's the one and only Craig Bowler. Jack, what's up, Bowler? How are you? Jake Gordon, how are you? Where are you guys at now? Are you in a dark, dark, dark place? We're we're in a dark place. We're in a we're in a shuttle at Diamond Parking. Yep, Diamond Airport parking, hanging out in the shuttle van in the parking lot. <laughs> I'd say that is one unique. You know what? That may break any other remotes I've ever uh, I've ever been a part of. That's that's uh, that's unique and impressive. I remember way back in the day uh, when I first started at the Zone and the Big Show. Of course, the original Big Show was going on with Bowler and Monson. And you guys during the summer, do you remember this promotion where you'd go out and do remotes from people's houses? Oh, absolutely, we did. man! Barbecue, we did. yeah. <laughs> I always thought that, that was an awesome promotion. We had yeah, a good time. Good people Bowler, out we, there. We had a good time, man. They treated us right. I think they were feeding us and all kinds of stuff. Oh, they, they fed us. They fed us well. Yeah, we just, uh, they brought the neighborhood in, remember? And we just did the show. It was a, it was a really, it was really a fun idea. And you know what? In the summertime, when things kind of slow down a little bit, it's kind of nice to have a little different uh, variation of radio. It was a good time. I think we, uh, we did the show from Grandma's dining room table, didn't we? Yeah, we did. Yeah, they, uh, they set that thing up, brought the, the family and the neighbors in, and, um, <laughs> They did us right. I'll, I'll be honest. They did us right. We're doing the show tomorrow with Homie, and we're but we're not doing it from the Homie headquarters. We're doing it from a home that Homie is selling, and uh, the owner. I was saying, gee, do you think they'll have the refrigerator stocked? And the owner of that home uh, texted in uh, or tweeted in and said, uh, asked 
what I what I would requ- request to have in the fridge. And what so, was that? What was the request? I that haven't res- something. I haven't responded to him yet, but Jake, what would you like to eat? Well, well, it's you, and I would think you would go for what the beluga, the caviar. <laughs> Oh, no. And, and even no, though no. even though you're no. not a not a drinker, just have Cristal no. in the in the fridge no. so you can pour it out. Uh, I, 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 I like simple food. How about burgers and fries and you know maybe a, a cold soda or something? Uh-huh. Like that. Jake, I tell you what, just set him up with a uh, with a jar of peanut butter. He'll be good. <laughs> I'll be, I'll be skippy no, for Gordon. I'll be gnawing on that whole show. Oh man, uh, uh, Bowler! Before we we talk jazz basketball, do you have any thoughts on on Utah? They're number seven in the college football playoff rankings, and uh, you know they should <clears throat> win their final two games. They, they should. should play Oregon in the Pac-12 title game. Your thoughts on the Utes? Well, it's an outside shot, but again, I think as we've learned through the years and through my experience uh, in this whole scenario of college football and the playoffs and postseason, uh, you know, conference title championship games, a lot can still go wrong for a lot of teams up until that until that final, you know, gun sounds. Um, so, you know, as even though Utah is right now on the outside looking in, you still have to kind of contemplate what else could happen, you know, in a in a conference championship. So uh, BYU, excuse me, Utah just has to take care of themselves. And like you guys said before I came on the air, you got to really rough up and make, uh, I think, uh, voters uh, stand up and notice the Oregon game. And obviously you can't slip up. And that's what's happened to, to Utah over the last uh, season or two or maybe three where there's a hiccup in November and you just can't have that. This team's too good, too talented. Uh, yeah, they've got some weaknesses that people know about, but yet still they get it done, and their offense is really now kind of, I mean, come alive. So uh, I guess for college football fans, it's kind of good to see a different one-two combo now instead of Bama and Clemson to see LSU and Ohio State there, the Buckeyes and the Tigers. LSU was down for a while, but they've definitely climbed back in. And the win they had uh, against Bama, uh, what was it, a week or t- two, two weeks ago? Um, impressive. And so... Um, I'm just excited to see how this thing plays out. Utah, though, guaranteed, I think, a very impressive bowl, uh, no matter you know what the outcome. Obviously, you want to go rose. You want to go you know fight for the roses, right? I mean, that's what it's all about. That's why you play in a conference, and that's, that's the ultimate goal. But if you actually do slide into a, a college football playoff bowl, then holy cow, you have really – uh, done your job, and and obviously um, recruiting is going to improve. Uh, your fan base will go wild, and I guarantee you the coffer uh, will increase financially in a big way. Bowler, speaking of offenses that live and die, uh, the Jazz last night uh, shoot thirty six percent against a team that most of us think is. Uh, inferior to the jazz mm-hmm. they had that uh that rough stretch toward the end of the first quarter and then they had the rough stretch uh near the end of the game where they were outscored 23 to 4 your thoughts well i think you hit uh an interesting point is the inconsistency on offense i mean last night uh minnesota uh even without andrew wiggins uh, just stayed close enough to take over the fourth quarter when the Jazz just went absolutely ice cold. What's amazing, the Jazz shot better from the three-point line than they did uh, from the floor at 39% versus 37 Jazz missed too many open looks at the rim. 
and that seems to be kind of something that haunts them on occasion. Uh, they're better than Minnesota. Uh, they're better than Memphis. And uh, these last two losses, I think, have been difficult uh, for fans to to kind of swallow and grasp. Um, you know, there, I, there's still a lot to be said about the two-point game. Look, I mean, easy shots have to be made. Uh, I understand it's at the rim in a three-point league. But mid-range uh, layups that are sitting right in front of you, the Jazz missed too many last night that would have given, would have given them a lift. Instead, you miss, you're one and out, and that's what happens too. Offensive rebounds are, have not come a plenty. Uh, during these losses or, or downtimes offensively, and I think that's another issue. Uh, the turnovers have kind of calmed down a little bit, but that uh, 36-24 uh, score in the fourth quarter kind of tells exactly what happened. The Jazz went dead cold, and you saw a Minnesota team that, you know, with life and Anthony Towns, by the way, uh, his game, uh, I don't know. Again, I'll talk to Quinn tomorrow at shoot-around. Uh, we just got here about 45 minutes ago. But uh, obviously the plan is to, again, what? Defend Towns in what way? Protect the three and go out on him or uh, let him take the three and protect the middle or let him or defend the three and let him, you know, try to do something down low and, and cover the baseline uh, with, with uh, you know, other players. So, uh, he's an exceptional player. I, I mean, honestly, they're eight and six, but still, his skill set right now has to put him in into the MVP talk. I, I'm, I'm so impressed with a seven footer that can go 43 percent from downtown. He can rebound. He can score at 27 a clip. So uh, the cat, Carl Anthony Towns, has improved his game. And any time a seven footer can take take it outside and be that and be that dominant, uh, it put Rudy in a tough situation. Despite the fact I thought he. You know, he, he was out and doing whatever he could last night. Gobert played well. But, you know, again, it comes back to help defense and, and, and drawing that game plan up and seeing how the Jazz counter what happened last night. Making shots would help, though, right? I mean, that's plain and simple. If you can make shots, life is so much easier. You can't shoot 37%, especially on your home floor, and allow a team to come in there and dominate you on, on your in your home arena. And that's uh, what happened in the fourth quarter last night. You know, Bowler, the the disappointing part about that, what you're talking about, is this year so far, the Jazz in the fourth quarter have been really good. I mean, yes. they haven't been, Especially Donovan you know, Mitchell, too, Jake. So, yeah. Right. Donovan's and nobody was good last night, Bowler. No, no. Donovan was 5 of 24. I don't think I can remember a time of late that Donovan Mitchell had that type of uh, box score number of 5 of 24. He scored 17, but, you know, he averages over 14 points a game in the second half. And that just didn't happen. But, you know, the lesson to learn, Jake, is uh, – come in. Uh, got a bag being delivered. Is the fact that, you know, Donovan Mitchell can't do this most likely on each and every night. So that's the beauty of what the Jazz had built in this offseason was to have multiple, you know, players like a Conley, like a Bogdanovich, a Jeff Green, a Moutier, who could take some of the pressure off. Donovan Mitchell. But, you know, again, you stand and think Mitchell would, was going to turn it on last night. And those shots – uh, trouble finishing, and you know, still he got the 17 points because he's been living at the free throw line of late. But a five of 24, that's a high volume with not a lot of production. Uh, Conley's the same way, six of uh, 14, uh, 15 points. Uh, I'm just waiting for this team to, to be more consistent. I, I think that's just the word that comes to mind, and we really haven't seen you know, consistency past, you know, a two or three game win streak, and then they take the step back and then they have to force their way back forward. So look, losses are going to come. And again, they're eight and five and they're in the mix. 
But I think the expectations still come into play here, Jake and Gordon, that the preseason expectations are going to follow this team throughout the 82-game schedule. And each time they take a step back, the panic button seems to sound among fans and media. And, you know, you just kind of sit back and try to understand what's going on. And, you know, the roster at hand on paper looks good. But at the same time, shooting woes last year was an issue. And so far this season has been part of the issue thus far. There's been nights they look absolutely unstoppable. But you've got to be a consistent a consistent team to be, obviously, a player in the West and to win the West and go beyond. Well, I'm going to go back to, you talked about the mid-range shot. Jake brought up a good point that the Jazz were, what was the first, 5 of 31 or something? Yeah, I'll touch worse. Let me let me uh, dig that back up again. Okay. But by 5 of 34, I think. 5 yeah. of 34 from yeah, that Locke, range. Locke, Locke and I were talking about that on the bus. That's exactly right. Okay, so so if uh, if teams know this and they're going to guard the rim and they're going to hug the three-point line, then what uh, uh, can the Jazz hit that shot? Is it, just an, is it just an off night, or what can they do in order to improve that situation? Well, look, the way I look at it, too, is, and again, analytics will tell you, as we all know, the three ball and the rim. That's where the league is, and that's where it's going. But the mid-range shot, Conley is part of that. Conley made his name uh, for, and, and has survived in this league now in his 13th year because he was a guy that could drive the paint and hit the floater. Donovan Mitchell, I think, has developed an outside-inside game. He can drive, he can hit threes, but also he can pull up and knock down jumpers. That's the beauty of Donovan Mitchell's game. He'll take whatever they give you, is my point. And we know what Gobert is. Uh, you know, he's a rim guy. Royce O'Neal uh, can knock down the three and doesn't look for mid-range shots. And Bogdanovich, I think he can do both. I mean, he surprised me how athletic he is, and we talked about it before, that he's had some troubles uh, of late. Uh, just finishing at the rim. You know, he's. we all thought of him as a three-point guy, and he is. He's a 44% three-point shooter this year. So I think we go to the bench, and I'm thinking Jeff Green has struggled. I'm not sure in 14 minutes of play where Dante will be in the next uh, 10 or 15 games, but I'm anxious to see it. And Moutier has mid-range ability as well, and his strength guys will take him to the rim. He does not back off in in the minutes that I've watched him play. Uh, he's 51% from the floor and 25 from downtown. So he's going to be more of an inside guy who gives you that two-point shot. So there's a lot of information there, but I think you have multiple players that can do multiple things, and if you blend it all together, you get W's. Uh, but you have to be on. Uh, you have to be consistent in your shooting. I looked at you know some of the game highlights from last night again this morning before we left. And the bottom line is, I don't really argue with the fact that the Jazz had open looks. It really comes down to the simple equation of just putting it together and knocking them down. They're there. And uh, when the Jazz struggle, and it's, it's any team, right? But especially this team. We saw it last year. Uh, and again, it's happened this season in spurts where the consistency just of hitting shots, open shots, uh, it seems like it becomes not one player but five. And, and when it spreads through a team like that, it's pretty difficult to rally back, especially late in, in a fourth quarter where you end up losing, uh, you know, losing that game by ten. Bowler, you uh, you get uh, some unique access with the team traveling with them, going to practices, that sort of thing. Uh, can can you tell us what the vibe is surrounding the team right now? How how they're kind of uh, how they're kind of feeling about everything they're going through? 
I think I would uh, characterize the personalities of focused, and they have, and the players I've talked to and the coaches I've spoken with, uh, they all believe that this team is exceptionally good. Uh, and they take this personally, and they're going to continue to work and fix this. Um, you know, the hype, they heard it. Uh, the NBA heard it. Writers heard it. Uh, we heard it. Uh, fans have heard, you know, what is expected of this team. And I, I believe they have the talent to get to a high, high level. I mean, how high is it? I don't know. Uh, I mean, the Clippers are good. Uh, the Lakers have proven to be good. Uh, the Jazz have the ability to, to be just as good. But, again, it comes down to the consistency they got to bring to the floor every night. And, look, I'm not – Mike Conley has proven himself over the last 12 years, and I don't know if he's still pressing, stressing. He says he's comfortable. He says he feels like he fits in, but I still think there's still an adjustment period. Talking to Quinn, I, I think that was expected. Um, that, you know, with the new faces, it wasn't going to happen overnight. And I know fans are going to tire of that, but at the same time, I, I think as I've watched this league over the last, you know, 15 years, is that there's a lot of truth to that. A lot of changes have been made in both conferences, especially in the West, and you see some up-and-down trends in this league uh, and in this conference. And I think the Jazz are, are going through that process right now. Now, you know, we're, you got a, what, a 13-game uh, sample size. And Gordon and Jake, we talked about this before. What's the sample size that will give us the answers we all want? Is it 20? Is it 25? I don't know, but I'm thinking that it's got to be sooner than later, right? Because, again, 8-5, and five, still respectable. But if the Jazz hadn't lost, Sacramento comes to mind, Memphis comes to mind, Minnesota comes to mind. You know, this team could be flirting with a 10-3 record, 11-2 and two sounds outrageous, uh, but – or 11 and pardon me 11 and 2 but you know again you're going to lose games sometimes that you shouldn't and you're going to win games sometimes that you shouldn't so you lose and you win and hopefully the balance out but um yeah you like just to see the consistency come into play and hopefully the jazz are close to, to finding that and we'll find oh, out tomorrow i mean i think yeah. we'll find out tomorrow you get a rematch with a team you just saw 20 48 hours prior you make a few adjustments and uh you go back to work and see how you can uh, control uh, carl anthony towns and a few others by the way I'm just making this prediction right now. In all the games moving forward where Donovan Mitchell shoots 5 of 24 and Joe Ingles goes 4 of 12, the Jazz are going to lose. And it's uh, it's as simple as that, really. Yeah, well, and, Conley. And, and, and 14, I, talked to, right? I, talked to, yeah. I talked to Donovan about this last night, Bowler, and he said, how often is this going to happen? It's not going to happen very often. And well, he, was, he was convinced that they would rebound from this. Well, I know they, they have that continued positive spark uh, fed by Donovan, fed by Rudy, fed by Joe. And I think Mike's coming along in that leadership role as well, Gordon. Uh, but I'm looking at numbers. And, you know, this is all about analytics now. But if you look at your backcourt, uh, I don't know, 11 of 38 is going to happen often with Conley and Mitchell. And then, of course, you throw Joe's numbers in there, who, by the way, I was I was just – Glad to see Joe playing with a little bit of the first team at times. And I thought he felt more comfortable knocking down some threes. But still, his job, and he knows it, is that he's the facilitator of the second unit with Moutier and Green and now Dante and Tony Bradley. But, you know, he's still going to get some minutes with the guys that he started with last year and over the years. But 
it's it's a difficult change for Joe Ingles as well. He's only shooting 30% from behind the arc, and I know he's better than that. He knows he's better than that, but it's, again, is he facilitating? He's almost four assists a night, so he's getting guys involved but not taking a lot of shots. But it was good to see Joe wind up and let that three-point shot fly, especially in the first half. Buller, thank you as always, and uh, next time we'll have you right down here in the shuttle with us, buddy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's dark outside, right? So are the lights on? What's They did turn the We've lights on. We've got the lights on now, yeah, and, okay. uh, yeah, life is good, buddy. All right, sounds good. As long as you're getting fed, that's all that matters. Uh, we're roasting marshmallows. Thanks, Buller. <laughs> okay, see you soon. Bye-bye. Greg Bowler, Jack, with us on The Big Show on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. That's right. We are in the parking lot. We're in the shuttle. Diamond Airport parking. And our friend Jared joins us once again. And uh, you've uh, taken great care of Gordon. You take great care of our listeners uh, regardless uh, right here at Diamond Airport parking. Right. The, here at Diamond Airport parking, the lights are always on. We're 24-7. <laughs> the uh, shuttles are running constantly uh, between six and eight minutes at terminals. Uh, we're the only valet in Utah. Uh, very proud of that, and uh, we do an excellent job, and uh, love to have everybody come down. So next time you're on that uh, red-eye flight from Albuquerque, uh, <laughs> the good folks here at Diamond are still taking care of you. Absolutely. We have, uh, we have a nice, nice staff that gets no sleep. Yeah, right. You do have a great staff, and you do take great care of everybody, and even uh, the prices. That's why the prices you're doing now for this uh, this Thanksgiving special are, are really out of this world. Absolutely. Uh, come the, during uh, the Thanksgiving holiday and uh, stay for four days, only pay for three. And and that's absolutely perfect. Most people get out of town for the weekend, the, the long weekend over Thanksgiving, and you'll take care of a full day. You really just want them to come in and experience Diamond and figure out why this is the best option anytime you go out of town. We do. We want to make parking easy for you. All right. You made uh, it easy for me, man. <laughs> and you've made it easy for Jake. Absolutely. Part. I've used Diamond for years. You guys are, are terrific and couldn't encourage our listeners more. I-80 Redwood Road, park, ride, and save, as they say, Jared. Somebody wise once said. Yes. Yes, <laughs> So come try it out for yourself. Uh, grab a jazz shirt. We've got them here uh, till the end of the show. Stay tuned. We'll have more Big Show coming up next. Want to remind you as well, join Hanson Scotty on Friday from noon to 3 as Andrew Reinhardt from Wasatch Medical Clinic will be live in studio. He'll discuss an FDA Approved breakthrough and permanent solution for ED with no pills, surgery, or needles. More next, 97.5 and 1280 of the zone. Big show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 of the zone, live from Diamond Airport Parking, just off I 80 on Redwood Road. Come by, park, ride, and save. We have a few jazz shirts for you to give away. We're hanging out on the shuttle, making dreams come true. We want to remind you to join us on Friday, however. From 3 to 6 at the warehouse, 1967 South, 300 West. Price is so low, it will blow your mind. Gordon, uh, somebody we've had on the show uh, quite a few times. Dennis Dodd is tweeting, reacting to the uh, college football playoff poll that was released earlier here in the 5 o'clock hour. Utah coming in at number 7, uh, Oregon at number 6. But uh, here's Dennis's read on it. What do you think about this? Okay. Dennis says, college football playoff knee-jerk reaction. Committee has all but spoken. Utah, Oregon winner is in, according to Dennis. Then he adds seven of top eight control their destiny. Only one that doesn't is Alabama. And he says, speaking of which, committee stayed neutral on Tua, uh, Tua injury by leaving tied at number five. And then adds Memphis now New York six or New Year's six favorite. I love Dennis, but how in the hell is he coming to that conclusion? <laughs> um. Uh, my guess would be because he's assuming that LSU is going to going to beat Georgia. Okay, what about Alabama? They're ranked ahead of these guys. 
But I think they're staying neutral on the two injuries at this point until they find out a little bit more info with the, the Auburn performance. Well, I know, but yeah, I mean, but if, what if Alabama beats Auburn? But what if they beat Auburn barely and the quarterback sucks? Auburn beat Oregon. And? I, I, I don't know. I just don't know how you can say that they've all but spoken. And I, South Carolina beat uh, Georgia. And well, South Carolina's yeah, here terrible. We go. Here we go. We're spinning in circles now. But some of those teams have better, more good wins than the Pac-12 teams. I don't know. Look, I think Utah is good enough to be included. I just don't think they will be because I don't trust the people involved on the committee. Now, if, I'll, if I have to eat those words, I will, and I, I'll do them gladly. But I, I, I don't think there are any conclusions to be drawn. Those teams are ranked ahead of the Oregon and the Utes. What but that doesn't mean that they're going to finish the season ranked ahead. Right. Look, Utah's biggest potential for the win, uh, win comes in the, the very last game of the year, and they don't have that win yet. So when they get that win, you would assume that the, the, the playoff committee would give them credit. But if Alabama beats Auburn, a team that beat Oregon – then, and they're they're already ahead of those teams. How do they get le- leapfrogged? Because they don't. They're not a conference champion, and they don't play. They they it's play Alabama. a complete one fewer it's game. Al- it's Alabama. I I agree with your skepticism. I'm not even saying that you're necessarily wrong, but I do think that the door is open for the youths to jump them because they will be playing, and Alabama won't. And not only will they be playing, they'll be playing against a top six opponent. Yeah. Well, we'll we'll see. I mean, <laughs> uh, I'm all for it, but I I just don't know how you can draw a strong conclusion from what we see right now. I think Alabama is there to be jumped. I think that's a possibility. A possibility. How about a probability? Well, I don't think anything's a probability at this point other than I think it's probable that Clemson wins out. I think it's probable that Oklahoma uh, or Ohio State wins out. And I, I don't even know, I, I guess probable with LSU, but, I mean, they'll have a test in the SEC title game. That's not a given. Yeah. And, I, think, I, I think Ohio State will steamroll anybody in the Big Ten, and I think Clemson will steamroll anybody in the ACC. So I say that is heavily probable with those two. And remember, that Bama game with Auburn is at Auburn. And so, who knows? You uh, fans are cheering for Auburn and LSU. That's what you fans need to be doing. And then, you know, if you want to cheer against Oklahoma too, but right now Oklahoma at nine doesn't look as threatening. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the problem is if all these teams or the ones that we're, are, are concerned, we're concerned with here, if they all win out, what happens then? Well, that depends on the performance of Utah against Oregon. Yeah. And that's going to depend on the performance of Oklahoma against Baylor. But I think it's, I think it's really interesting what we talked about with Josh Parcell, that it, what if the Utes go out and make Oregon look silly? Will that be to the Utes' credit, or will that downgrade how good Oregon is or perceived to be? I get that argument, but based on history where uh, Ohio State smashed Wisconsin and jumped over Baylor and TCU the one year. But Ohio State is Ohio State. I mean, I, okay, we'll see. I hate this, folks. I wish if the Utes beat Oregon, I wish they'd be automatically in. That's the way it should be. I've said it a thousand times. I still believe it, but it's not the way it is. We'll have to wait and rely on the opinion of 13 people who may or may not know what they're doing. 
Is Condi Rice still on the committee, or did she, ro- did she rotate off? I don't know. I do not know. Because Condi, if Condi's on that, if Condi's on that uh, committee, the right outcome's coming. I, I, <laughs> yeah, I have confidence. Confident in that. I have confidence in. Condi. I didn't think that once uh, she left the office of Secretary of State that I would ever have to worry about what Condi Rice thought about anything. You know what? In, in all seriousness, and I don't think she's on the committee anymore, but she took that role really, really seriously. Did you ever see interviews that's, with her about that's that? A, that's a plus. See, I don't even know whether – are these people really paying attention to every game? Are they watching every game? I would hope do so. Do they have time to do that? I would hope so, if that's their role. Mm. All right. Now, I know in college basketball they break it up into regions, right, where certain members of the committee are responsible for certain regions. I don't, I don't know if they do that in football or if they're Maybe all responsible to watch all of, the, all of the games. Who's with me now? Everybody out there who's with me, all five P5 conference champions get in, three at-large teams, boom, done. Add one more week to the season, you got it. Let's go back to how it was. Not in the BCS, but let's go back to, to just big bowl when games. It, when it's totally just thrown together. When like the, the Pac-10 champ plays the Big Ten champ in the Rose Bowl, boom, done. Roasted. And who cares who's the best team? Just well, then you, leave it to a vote. Then you vote on well, who's you, the best you, team. You love polls, I know. It's true. I've, I've been on record saying that before. Have you ever been a voter in a poll? Uh, let's see. We should make that happen since you love them so much. Polls are fun. I didn't this last year, but I believe in the past I voted on the, the Pac-12 preseason poll before. Oh, okay. I voted, I voted for the MVP, MVP of bowl games that I've covered, which, like always, which was always strange to me because you have to vote really before the game's over. It's like, well, you know, there's like four minutes left. What if somebody else but emerges? But come on, polls are fun. Only poll I ever liked was uh, one, the one that I hauled in a six-foot shark with. Oh, I thought you were going to go with a Quinnipiac or something like that reference. Have you caught a shark? Yeah. Dude. What kind a of shark? A six-foot shark? A hammerhead. Okay. I 100% don't believe you on that. 100%. Where were you? In the Atlantic Ocean at the mouth of Delaware Bay. Mm-hmm. Sure was Aquaman were. nearby? <laughs> you guys, you have trust I, I King was, Triton? I was, you treat me the way I treat the committee. You know what? I caught a six-foot shark, too, once. I was, I was fishing with Hemingway off the Keys. <laughs> <laughs> the difference is me that my story is true. Your story is completely fabricated. Papa and me had a great time. <laughs> is that when you trained that dolphin to save people? Basically, yep. Flipper what was, was the name Flipper, yeah. Yeah, it was amazing. Do you know when I, I read uh, the bi- a biography, or it wasn't all, it was a biography on Hemingway that someone said his mom used to dress him in girls' clothes when she, he was a baby. Wow. That's How a good that? story. I don't think I can top that. I think we have uh, digressed enough. He didn't tell me that when uh, when uh, I was next to him in the in the fighting chair when we were reeling in uh, Ernie didn't Atlantic, mention it. Atlantic Marlin. A very good friend of mine, her grandpa, used to uh, go fishing with uh, Hemingway up in uh, on the streams in Idaho. He did uh, like Neat. that part of the country. It his, is name, true. his name was Roscoe. All right, we'll have more coming up next Mendenhall? live from Diamond Airport Parking. We still have a couple of T-shirts left. We just had a listener bounce in and get it. You can do the same uh, just off I-80 and Redwood Road. More straight ahead, 97.5 and 1280 of the zone. This 
is Tony Parks and Austin Horton. Greg Rebell joins us right now. Earlier we were talking about Jim Carrey. Great Canadian. What Canadian <laughs> are you most proud of <laughs> in the entertainment world to know that they come from your homeland? And all our best Canadians come from Canada. So, or best uh, entertainers. No, yeah, no you're right, Canada. Austin. All the best Canadians <laughs> do come from Canada. <laughs> our best That's entertainers. Point. Oh my gosh, I'll never uh, hear the end of that point. one. <laughs> I'll never hear the end of that one. You can't argue that. You can't argue that. Right, it, right. Well, I, I, I hate to be cliche, but, you know, the greatest rock and roll musicians of all time. And that's the, the holy triumvirate of Rush. Thanks so much, Greg. We appreciate you. He's a and, Canadian uh, from Canada. All our best Canadians come from Canada. Tony Parks and Austin Horton. Weekdays from 10 to noon on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Thank you very much for making us a part of your day. Thanks to everybody who's come by uh, to Diamond Airport Parking. Uh, we've had a great response today, Gordon. It's been fun uh, to see everybody. It's always fun to meet our listeners. And they just they come, keep coming by. Thank you. We appreciate it. We absolutely do, and uh, we'll be here for a little bit. So I-80, Redwood Road, drop on by and see us. But, of course, if you're uh, making traveling plans, uh, include Diamond Airport Parking. Park, ride, and save Diamond Airport Parking. Do it the easy way. Real quick, Gordon, we were talking to you football, uh, and we didn't get to this yesterday. Utah and their sports information department has launched a, a Tyler Huntley Heisman campaign. It's a little late. But I, I don't mind that because this whole idea that someone has to have a run-up to have a chance in the Heisman, I think that is diminishing a little bit. It should be based on this year and this year alone. And Tyler Huntley's been one of the best quarterbacks in the country. I don't think you can argue that. You know, what? the, the thing that he has working against him, unfortunately, is that voters uh, like uh, your daughter Erin, uh, you know, often consider – I don't even get a laugh from that. Come on. You cannot believe how much work she put into that project. (laughs) But anyway. You keep saying it like it was some sort of farce when it was impressive. And so then I consulted with her and then consulted with others and placed the vote. So Aaron, I'm sure, consulted the stats. Now, with Tyler Huntley, the, the nerdy stats really like Tyler. You know, you look at adjusted uh, pass efficiency, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Tyler Huntley's really good at that. Yeah. But the problem is is that Utah doesn't throw the ball quite enough yeah. that he puts up those video game numbers in the numbers that traditionally go into judgment for a Heisman. I mean, he's, he's not putting up the total, anywhere near the total numbers somebody like Joe Burrow is. Tyler Huntley has 13 touchdowns to one interception, which is terrific. But if you look at some of these other guys yeah. who are throwing for over 20 touchdowns, I mean, it, the, the, the flashy stats, unfortunately, don't favor well, Tyler Well, if Huntley. he had done what he did in the last game, every game, 335 yards, that might be the kind of eye-popping territory that you're talking and, about. And two touchdowns, yeah, right. yeah. And he ran for one as well. So so Utah's uh, offense is working against him a little bit because yeah. he's, he's got a, a guy in Zach Moss who, by the way, might have been worthy of a Heisman campaign of his own, just yeah. saying. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, you got to feed that beast too. And it, it's actually what makes Utah's offense so effective is that they open things up for each other. And Tyler throws so much play action, it's really a weapon. 
Uh, but I think he should be rewarded, though, for the 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 way he's performing on a consistent basis. And if those things stack up late in the season where it's getting people's attention and it's no accident that it's happening at the same time that the Utes are being so highly respected. Yep. If if he had been playing for Alabama or Oklahoma from the get go this season, it might be a different story. But we're still dealing with a slanted surface where it's like the junk drawer, and it's just, it's not even. And so, I, I don't know. Uh, he's, uh, I, uh, if, I guarantee you right now, if Kyle Whittingham had known that, that Tyler Huntley was going to play the way he has this year, he wouldn't have traded that guy for any other quarterback yep. in the country. Well, and, and, and he's not playing for Lincoln Riley, who's slinging the ball all over the yard. And, and maybe that wouldn't be a good fit for Tyler Huntley, you know? I think what Andy Ludwig's really done a nice job is, is really forming the offense around the strengths of his players. And that's actually something we talked about when Andy first got hired, that he's really, really good at that. And this season is a terrific example. I'm wrong on some predictions, I'll admit it. But uh, I wrote a column, and I think you and I talked about it like you just said, where I predicted that Andy Ludwig would make all the difference for that program. And his offense has been perfect. No doubt about it. All right, we're hanging out here at Diamond Airport Parking on the corner of I-80 and uh, Redwood Road. And joining us now are our good friend Jared. And, Jared, I can't encourage our listeners enough. If you're going out of town for the holidays, and I know a lot of them are, uh, get hooked up at Diamond Airport Parking. You guys have a terrific deal going on right now. Absolutely. And if you've never tried valeting your car before, uh, trust me, it's the way to go. It's the easiest way. Uh, we take great care of your car leave it in good hands, and make it fast, efficient, and convenient. And if you want it cleaned or you want the windshield fix or you want oil change, you do all that stuff too. Absolutely. All we need is a little bit of notice, and we'll take care of it while you're away. You know, I'll tell you this. Uh, we've got cold weather on the way, obviously, and I don't know what the, the weather looks like over Thanksgiving at the moment. But, I mean, if, if I see snow in the forecast and I'm going out of town, that valet is the way to go. Oh, absolutely. It's... Uh, you don't want to be handling your baggage uh, in the snow. I don't want to be in the snow. I don't like the snow. Yeah, don't deal with any of that yeah. stuff when you don't have to. Are you exactly. kidding? And you, and you guys are the only airport parking lot that's that's doing that, man. People need to take advantage. We are, and we'll uh, we've done it f- since 1922, and we'll do it way into the future. So. And uh, you know, on a on a show achievement note, uh, you <laughs> mentioned that you guys have been open uh, since 1922, and we, the big show, set a record here today. You did. You guys officially have the longest shuttle ride all right for parking history gordon we have arrived my friend we are here <laughs> and it feels so good to be right there in the record books i too feel it it, it just makes you feel good doesn't it yeah we really accomplished something here today my friend <laughs> and i'm proud of us happy to do so uh well we appreciate uh you guys having us out jared you guys are the best and thanks for taking such great care of our listeners well, we appreciate you. it I'm going to start calling Jake Buss from here on out. (laughs) I like it. All right, we'll have more Big Show coming up. Stay tuned, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. This this, this is Hans Olsen and Scotty G. It's what you want. BYU Director of Athletics Tom Homo announcing a contract extension has been finalized for head coach Kalani Sataki. I'm glad that he's extended. I'm glad that they're showing him some confidence. But for BYU to come get out in front of this and be like, well, we're just showing how much confidence and how much we love this guy and how much we believe that he is. Well, there's some guys back there that they weren't so confident. They didn't have that belief. But Kalani shut their mouth with a couple of big wins over Boise State and Utah State. Got themselves 
bowl eligible. And now we get to see Kalani's guys come off missions. We get to see Kalani move forward as a recruiter. And I'm excited to see the future of what BYU holds now with Kalani Sitake. Catch Hans and Scotty every day from noon to 3. Presented by your Rocky Mountain Chevy dealers. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone. And The Zone Sports Network. Wrapping up a big show, 97.5 and 1280 Zone. First and foremost, we want to say a big thank you to Diamond Airport Parking and their miraculous shuttle for hosting the show today. <laughs> We've had a good time out here, Gordon. We've been told that we now hold the record for most time on the shuttle. How it's about like that? Minutes. And Diamond's been around since like 1920. I feel like we really accomplished something <laughs> for today. For a part of history. How about that? Oh. It's been a, you know what? It's been a comfortable shuttle. It's been a, it's been a nice show. <laughs> it's been a lot better than sitting outside. Huh? That is true, and and I can't tell you enough how much of an upgrade these comfortable seats are over our normal uh, chairs. Oh, huge. At, at and you and I would be out there making like uh, uh, Tom Hanks in uh, in uh, Castaway out there trying to start a fire out there to to uh, keep warm and have a little light. If we've been outside. Oh, I thought you were talking about making a boat with the use of an ice skate. <laughs> That's not. Right. No, we he, pulled a uh, molar with the ice skate. Yeah. No, I didn't want to go down that road, Austin. I, I hate that. You scene opened in that, that door. Movie. I hate that scene in that movie. Ugh. How'd you like to be stuck on an island like that? I would not. And I, uh, by the way, I would have given up far longer before that uh, Tom Hanks care. I would uh, just think, you, you know what? I'm going to lie here on this beach and just uh, expire. Call it a day. <laughs> call it a life. Call it good. Yeah. I don't know. Well, now this is really ending the show on a downer. It is kind of. And it made me think of Amelia Earhart. Whatever happened to her? I and don't it goes know. back she to was... the reason I'll never go on a cruise. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> was, she, was she stuck on a, an isolated island? I don't there? know. I don't think anybody really knows, do we? Those, those crabs came and got her. What are you the talking crabs? about now? <laughs> crabs? Yeah. yeah. I saw that special with Robert Ballard or whatever his name is. The what guy on found earth Titanic. are you talking? <laughs> they were doing all kinds of study and searches for Amelia Earhart. And they said that it, had she been on the island and she died under a tree somewhere, the big crabs would have come and got her dragged her off. I'm a sucker for grass. <laughs> you sure are. We can all tell. <laughs> what are you talking about? This, is, all this tell. is legitimate stuff. This is science. This is because you crabs are, eating Amelia Earhart is science. <laughs> they dragged her off. Yeah, if, if if she was in fact there. This is one of the most bizarre ways I think we've ever ended the show. All right then. Well, okay. There's that. Thanks to Bowler who jumped on with us in the five o'clock hour. Uh, no thanks to Christian <laughs> Cox who stiffed us today. But thanks to his friend Scott who alerted us that Christian was uh, was on an airplane. We do appreciate that. We do appreciate Scott, not you, Christian. You asked a great question. If if Christian could text Scott, then how come he couldn't text us? I I don't know. He he texted Scott Austin's number. In fact. <laughs> Maybe he just didn't want to talk to us. I guess. I don't, I don't know. But uh, anyway, you can find uh, all of our content uh, in podcast form at 1280zone.com or wherever you find your podcasts. Simply search out The Big Show. Give us a subscribe, if you will. Leave us a, a positive review. Have you ever had crabs? Uh, do you like crabs? I mean, do you like to, you know, you're from Virginia. Your family's from Virginia and Maryland. I'm just wondering if, if you're a blue crab guy. I have consumed Many a blue crab, yes, and and it is one of my favorite foods. Okay, it's a little difficult getting to the meat. 
It is tough picking sometimes. Tough uh, world, guys. But yeah, give me a give me an old fashioned crab cake. Oof. Few things on this planet. Better. Oh, I told you about the time I was uh, crabbing with my friend, and we uh, hauled in about uh, fifty. We've heard this blue story a hundred times. Let's move on. How many Jimmies did you get? How many what? Jimmies. I don't know what that means. That's Jimmy crabs. That's what they call the big blue, big male blue crab. Oh, Jimmy we got, crabs. We got plenty of them. And then my buddy hit the accelerator on the boat, and the. And the container uh, tipped over, and we had a boat full of crabs. We'll talk to you tomorrow on the big show. <laughs> Those things will get you. 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.